Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, March the 9th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year A, the third Sunday in Lent. And on the Thursday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary in this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves back in the book of Romans, continuing to advance further into the letter. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So let me read that passage. Write a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning and when I rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, since we have been made righteous through his faithfulness, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have access by faith into this grace in which we can stand through him and we can boast in the hope of God's glory. But not only that, we even take pride in our problems because we know that the trouble produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. This hope doesn't put us to shame because the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. While we were still weak at the right moment, Christ died for ungodly people. It isn't often that someone will die for a righteous person, though maybe somebody might dare to die for a good person. But God shows his love for us because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So now that we have been made righteous by his blood, we can even more be more certain that we will be saved from God's wrath through him. If we were reconciled to God through the death of his son while we were still his enemies, now we, that we have been reconciled, how much more certain is it that we'll be saved by his life? And not only that, we even take pride in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the one through whom we now have a restored relationship with God. This is the word of God for us. So the book of Romans seems to be divided into four quarters, and we are starting the second quarter here in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So it seems like Paul's trying to make some summary statements here in the first couple paragraphs of this chapter. And there's some big categories here, understandably. This idea of having peace with God or the love of God being poured into our hearts. There's also this idea of being made righteous uh, through the blood of the sacrifice of his son. There's this category also of escaping God's wrath. So there's a lot going on here. And let's just keep in mind as we read the book of Romans that uh, maybe, you know, from the very beginning, we picked up Bible, we started reading them, um, we, and we just started to kind of take in the content and becoming more and more aware of it. But the, the main operating narrative that uh, we were, that we either ascertained on our own or the one that we were given to us by a teacher is that you read, read the Bible as like God's love letter, you know, uniquely to you as an individual, right? Um, and is there anything wrong with that? Not entirely, but we also have to take a step back and say, okay, but this is also something that was written to a group of people in a different time, in a different zip code, different language, uh, maybe even different social plights that are going on. I think one of the main things to remember is that when we read the Bible, whenever we see a you, we have to assume that it's going to be second person plural, as in all y'all, and not the second person singular, which is you, as in you individually and directly. Okay. Now, there's some times where you and the second person singular it happens 
most often it's this idea of a collective because this this would have been literature that would have been read aloud to a group of people and so it would have been addressed like in a communal sense not just in a solitude and study um, like in a you know personal study space right which is often how we read the bible uh, not just outside of, you know, when we're outside of church we tend to read it all alone so when you think of these categories of the love of god being poured into our hearts of having peace with god of escaping god's wrath i'm sure we could talk about them in like individual terms like us um, having peace with god individually us escaping god's wrath um, but we also have to see what they might mean collectively because it does seem like Paul is addressing two different groups of people. Uh, there's the weak and the strong. They'll refer to them uh, later in the letter. But, but, but by this point, he's talking about Jews, or those people who are called the covenant people of God the, from the seed of Abraham, and then Gentiles, like everyone else outside of the people of Israel. And um, we can see in the waiting chapters, uh, waiting verses of chapter 1, we can see in uh, chapter 2, Paul addresses these two groups um, individually. So he talks about Gentiles in the last part of Romans 1. He talks about Jews in Romans chapter 2. And so as with this uh, argument continues to go forward, it's got to think, okay, what's already been established? What's already been written before? And continue to carry that with us as we hear these new um, these new sections. And so when you go to this section in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, he's talking about whole groups of people having a righteousness with God and whole groups of people escaping the wrath of God and whole groups of people being able to be cleansed and saved because of the blood of Christ. Whole groups of people who are able to claim that even in their troubles, as it says in the verses three and following, can find that even our troubles help us to develop this hope and this character that God wants us to have. Because I think it was just a simple assumption that if you were inside the people of Israel, you would escape the coming wrath of God. If you were on the outside of the people of Israel, the house of Israel, then you would actually be those who receive the wrath of God. But now everything's under renegotiation, right? Because now God is making a fresh new covenant people, and they're not just like bound together by the law of Moses, but now we're bound together by any of those who place themselves in the Messiah. But you and I tend to not just place ourselves inside the Messiah. We tend to hear about it through the preaching and teaching of other people, probably through the communication of a loved one. And so the the initial orientation into this Christian faith is not just me and my personal sins being dealt with. But it seems like but it's this idea, this grand story that um, God's love is being poured out into the world. And people are responding from different family groups, from different nations, uh, from different socioeconomic classes and groupings, right? We're all being included into the body of Christ. And so I just, like one of the exercises worth doing this morning is that now that we've already read through Romans 5, 1 through 11, is after we get done listening to the pod, after we get done praying here in a second, is to go back over Romans 5, 1 through 11 and imagine not like someone reading to you directly, like it was just simply addressed to you, but imagine you and I are in a big group of people and it's being said to all of us. And as we look around, um, we see that there are people not like us in this room and they're being addressed on the same terms that we are. Um, you know, on the one hand, that's kind of threatening, right? Because we would rather only hang around to listen to things that pertains to us. But there's something actually heartwarming about this, is that we're being included into a, a much bigger story we're not drained of our autonomy and our identity, but we are being connected to uh, the stories of a bunch of other people, uh, and many of them not like us, who haven't had the same experience that we have. But that doesn't seem to matter. Like they don't have; those don't have to be dividing walls. 
but we can embrace one another because all of us have been embraced by the love of God. And to use the language once again, uh, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, whom he has given to us, to all of us. So think about that as you um, have a meeting with somebody today. And uh, maybe the meeting's like kind of on boring circumstances in terms of like budget meeting or something like that, right? And, uh, or maybe they say something that um, it's kind of frustrated by, or like they always seem to kind of catch like the grievance politics of the day and they, like, they spread it around the break room. And you're like, you and I are tempted to say, ah, I don't want to sit, I don't want to hang around and listen to this. Just keep in mind um, that they're, the, the, the love of God has been poured into their hearts too. And therefore, a piece of God is within them. And so we should attend uh, to them as we hope that they would attend to us. And as we do so, we experience one of the, the, the facets and dimensions of what it means to be redeemed by God. That we, are, we do have peace with God, but we also have peace with God together. And because of that, that gives us this full and rich life that we get to experience before God. Because now we have a community and a worldwide family of the beloved that we get to celebrate and worship and serve side by side. And as we do so, God is glorified and he's present in our midst. So with those things in mind, Let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we worship you this day, and we thank you that you've given us a global community where we can experience it kind of at the local level here as we go to worship and as we dwell within serving groups and study groups. We also think that we can experience this global community when we go from place to place, when we go on work trips to a new town, we see churches and spires stretching up to the sky. And we see people um, obviously living out their faith in front of us that we feel an affinity and a connection with them too. And so God, we thank you that you've collectively given us a peace with you. And we thank you that uh, this gives us a new chance to be human, uh, to where we can see that we can confide in one another. We can be strengthened in one another and mutually encouraged by one another's faith. God, I thank you for the community that's gone before us in the life of the church. They've donated their lives to put together church communities and open up serving opportunities to reach out to the poor and to those uh, who need help the most. We also thank you that this is our time and we get to uh, serve alongside them and to carry on their work. And we think that we're paving the way for a generation of Christians after us. And so God, we pray for two different global views, like the global church as it exists now, but also the global church throughout all time. And we get to celebrate and we get to serve with all of those who've placed themselves within the Messiah. God, we thank you for the promise that we've been cleansed by the sacrifice of Christ, that we have peace with God, that we get to escape your wrath, and that, we're, that we have relationship and fellowship with you and with one another. So we pray that these thoughts, all of them, the truths that come brimming to the top of this passage, that it would cause us to have great hope, but also great enthusiasm for the day in front of us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.